What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss the good and the bad from the D-backs game one loss to the Texas Rangers. And then we heard Brandon Fat is making his debut. So we got to discuss what he brings to the rotation and what it means for the rest of the Diamondback season. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We are trying to hit 500 subscribers before the end of the month. We are slowly climbing and growing that YouTube channel, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And don't forget, download the SiriusXM app so you don't miss a hometown D-backs pitch because the SiriusXM app has every D-backs pitch. Just search up Diamondbacks on the app. Now, for today's podcast, let's discuss first game one to the... Game one to the Texas Rangers because the D-backs took a fat loss and it felt like maybe they were setting up for a win most of this game because the D-backs offense felt like they were in control early. They were able to get runs off John Gray each of the first three innings. Because, of course, when you see an early lead for the D-backs with Zach Gallen on the mound, you're like, okay, this is going well for us because the D-backs, after three innings, about four to one. I was like, okay, that's enough. Zach Gallen, that's all he needs. Three run lead. Of course, he gave up the one run in the first inning, which you hate to see because, of course, that means the streak is broken. But it's like, okay, you still got a three run lead. You're still up four to one after three. Like Zach Allen's still going to give you six, seven innings, still be dominant and put this game away. But unfortunately, that is not what happened because the Rangers were able to get a couple off Gallon in the fifth inning. Because I got to give some respect to this Rangers offense. They were battling all night. This is one of the best performances I've seen. Against Zach Allen in the like what the last couple of years, and he still only gave up the three earned runs. But I thought the Rangers looked fantastic against Zach Allen, and then of course Scott McGuff comes in the next inning, and he gives up a two-run shot to the Rangers. The Rangers take the lead, and the rest is history for the Texas Rangers in the ball game. And the D-backs end up losing Game One after being maybe in the driver's seat for most of it, maybe feeling like they were in control, but. Gallon in the middle innings, McGuff was not able to get it done for the D-backs. They ended up taking the game one loss. So for a game like this, I think there's more bad to talk about than good. I would have had more good to talk about than bad if the D-backs won. But since the D-backs lost, let's actually first start with the good from this game. And the first the first good that I want to talk about 
is the power that was displayed today because the D-backs did hit two home runs. You had a Ketel Marte home run, and anytime you get Ketel Marte driving home runs, whether it be himself or other people, you love to see that. Ketel Marte, two RBIs, two hits in this one. He just doesn't come through enough in run scoring opportunities, so it's nice to see a two RBI game from him. Um, where he was able to come through in two chances. His slash line now in the season, 265, 313, 490 after this game. Marte, I think he has looked better than last season, but he's still not back to being Marte. Like, I think Kettel has been good this year, but has he looked like Kettel Marte? No, I think he just looked like an above average major leaguer. But we're going to need to get all-star Marte back for this team to really hit its stride. Also had a Christian Walker home run in this game. Christian Walker, the shave baby face look seems to be... Improving his swing because I think he's looked better the last couple weeks. His slash line now up to 255. 293 needs to get on base more and then 453 slugging. He had a big opposite field home run in, the, in this game. And then outside the home runs, it just felt like the D-backs were getting good wood on the ball because what? Was it that eighth inning when you had like Rivera and Longoria up at the plate and the D-backs had a chance to win this game? It felt like the D-backs had a few opportunities. It felt like every ball in that eighth inning was hit to the warning track. It felt like maybe they were going to leave the yard, and unfortunately, none of that happened. But I felt like the D-backs got a lot of good wood in a lot of this game. I felt like they had a lot of near-home runs. I don't know if playing in Texas in that ballpark is part of the reason, but I felt like the D-backs were able to get the barrel to the ball a lot tonight. Just a few home runs fell short. A couple went over the fence, but I do like the power displayed by the D-backs tonight. Then my second good takeaway from this game, or positive takeaway, I should say, is just Dominic Fletcher overall. Dominic Fletcher looks like a five-year veteran already out there. He looks like he's been playing in Major League Baseball for so long. The poise, the composure from Dominic Fletcher, not just at the plate. We also saw him in the field today um, make a nice defensive play, but... At the plate, Dominic Fletcher just looks so comfortable out there, never looks rattled, looks like he's always waiting for his pitch, can can hit pitches that are not in the strike zone, has a large hit radius, and like people were saying, he's a professional hitter. Everyone who's seen this guy, you know, all your MLB guy, pro, all your MLB prospect guys, absolutely love Dominic Fletcher and can see why. And like I've talked about, like with Alec Thomas's who went 0 for 3 this year, or who went 0 for 3 in this game, now is a 186, 260, 326 slash line. Like Alec Thomas, you got to play well if you want to keep playing every day because if you continue not to hit the ball, like the D-backs, we're going to talk about Brandon Fott later. Like the D-backs have to send somebody down to call up Brandon Fott. And I'm not saying Alec Thomas is going to be sent down, but with Dominic Fletcher playing this way, we know Corbin Carroll's a stud and Lords Gurriel has been solid for the D-backs this year. Like Alec Thomas, you play elite defense, but if your bat does not come around, then you could lose your starting spot to Dominic Fletcher. And would I be mad at that? Like the D-backs are in a place where, like they've talked about, they're playing with a sense of urgency. They don't want to get complacent with this season. And of course, they want to give their young guys as much opportunity as possible. And Alec Thomas is one of those guys. But guess what? There's a lot of young talent on this D-back squad, as we're going to discuss later. And if Dominic Fletcher is swinging a better bat and playing solid defense, while Alec Thomas is only giving you that defensive versatility without the offense, then guess what? Dominic Fletcher might start to succeed Alec Thomas in getting at bats, plate appearances, opportunities um, at the plate. And that's what the D-backs should do. The D-backs should put their best players on the field. They should put their hottest players on the field. And Dominic Fletcher, I mean, so far, I mean, it's early. It's a small sample size. But so far, 
a 600 batting average, 800 slugging. You'll take that from Dominic Fletcher. He had an RBI today. Two more hits. Dominic Fletcher just looks so comfortable up there at the plate and he looks like he's been doing it a long time so i could see the appeal with dominic fletcher i see why people thought he was an interesting talent with maybe some with maybe some upside as a legit everyday outfielder with you know maybe some real potential in there and i definitely see with dominic fletcher in this small sample size so he's putting everyone on notice in the outfield and it just goes to show you you can't get complacent and you got to play with a sense of urgency if you're with the d-backs because your job can be replaced at any moment now let's talk about some of the negative takeaways from this d-backs game one loss to the texas rangers but before we get there one positive thing that i do want to talk about is rocket money because have you ever discovered any subscriptions that you forgot about well rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually used, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And if you don't want to pay them anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money always helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can quickly track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss the negative takeaways from this game against the Texas Rangers because, again, this felt like a game that the D-backs were not in complete control of, but the momentum felt like when you have Zach Gallant on the mound, you feel good about what he can do for this D-backs team. You feel like every time he goes out there, especially when he has a scoreless streak like he had entering game one, you're like, okay, Gallons on the mound. D-backs are winning tonight. Hammer the under for this game, at least for the Texas Rangers. Smash that D-backs money line. And it did not happen tonight because Zach Allen is human, and he looked human in today's game. Five innings, seven hits, three earned runs. And that's where I want to start my first negative takeaway. RIP Zach Allen's streak because this didn't even have a chance to gain an inning on it because the Texas Rangers scored in the first inning against Zach Gallon. And for him tonight, it was a pretty weird game when you look at the stat cast, like what was up with Zach Gallon because he looked, his pitches still looked pretty damn good. But that four seam fastball, like the Rangers just weren't fooled on it. And the exit velocity wasn't crazy. It only averaged like an 84 and a half mile hour exit velocity on the fastball but he was living in the middle of the zone with the fastball like Zach Allen does because he loves to pound the zone and he caught a lot of plate with that fastball and the Rangers 
You go look at a lot of their hits were off Zach Allen's fastball tonight. Now, they weren't crushing it, but they were hitting it right to the open spots. They were on it every single time, getting good barrels to the ball, and it felt like the Rangers were just locked into that Zach Allen fastball. The curveball, I thought was really effective. The cutter was good as well. The exit velos are a little bit higher on that curveball and cutter, but felt like the fastball was the pitch that these Rangers batters were keying in on and looking for. And whenever they felt like they got that pitch over the middle, they were able to go and attack Zach Gallon. Like Gallon was still able to make some pitches in here. There was some, like there was that one, um, I think it was the fifth inning where Gallon made a big strikeout. You thought he was going to, you thought he was going to get out of the inning. And then all of a sudden line drive scores a couple of Texas Rangers and they get within one run. And you're like, dang, Zach Gallon is human. But, at one point in that inning, it felt like he was going to escape after he got that strikeout. He made a nasty hitch, and you feel like you're in pretty good position. Like, it was first and third. You felt like Zach Allen could have got a double play ball potentially, but instead, Marcus Simeon singles to left. That scores one Texas Ranger, actually. Then the very next guy gets a hit, too. That scores a second one. So, Zach Allen gives up back-to-back -back singles to score two runs, and you're like, this is not the normal Zach Allen that I'm accustomed to. And so... Credit to the Texas Rangers for coming after Zach Gallon today because that fifth inning, I was like, whoa. After that strikeout, I was like, okay, he's going to escape out of this way, double play ball, and then gives up back-to-back -back singles that scores two more runs. Before he gets the double play ball, very surprising. But one thing that wasn't surprising was Scott McGuff coming in and mucking it up because that is something Scott McGuff has done a lot this year. If you remember against the San Diego Padres, where he gave up back-to-back -back home runs, including the walk-off home run, there's been a couple, a few games this year where Scott McGuff has coming in and either blown it or, you know, made it, made it a closer game for the opposing team, yada, yada. Like, Scott McGuff has not been clutch for the D-backs this season. And after, even though Zach Allen wasn't great today, he's still left with a 4-3 lead. And in that sixth inning, Scott McGuff said, let me give this away because he gave up a two-run shot to Duran. And that was all the Texas Rangers needed to take a lead in this game. Scott McGuff is someone who just should not come in high-leverage moments. And he's someone that has to pitch. Like, whoever is in your bullpen on the active roster will get innings, will get opportunity. It just matter of when those opportunities should be. And it's like, I mean, it was a sixth inning. I mean, that's like kind of the perfect time to bring in Scott McGuff. You're up one run in the sixth inning. It wasn't like it was a closing save situation. Like you would think a sixth inning time of the ball game should be a good opportunity for McGuff to get back on track. A game within one run. So it's high pressure stakes as well. And McGuff was just not able to get it done. The Rangers were once again able to attack these D-backs pitchers. And they were able to really... Put in some work that fifth, sixth, and seventh inning. The Rangers got at least one run apiece in each of those three innings. And the D-backs just, I mean, after the third, the D-backs got nothing offensively. And just a disappointing game overall with how it started with the D-backs offense, with Zach Allen pitching, and then how it ended with the Rangers taking complete control of this game. Really disappointing to see. And Scott McGuff is a big reason it went that way. And then just in that... Seventh inning, just to add insult to injury, when it felt like the D-backs could potentially climb only one run game, you had Kyle Nelson on the mound. He gets two on. You feel like Kyle Nelson might give up a run, and then he makes a nasty pitch basically in the dirt to get a strikeout. Kevin Ginkle comes in the game. He's trying to escape the inning, still preserve the one-run lead. Kevin Ginkle, wild pitch, scores Simeon from third, and when you see something like that, you're like, you're just not going to win the game today. 
the omen is bad. The signs are bad. The baseball gods are not on your side. So once I saw that Kevin Ginkle wild pitch, I knew this game was over and I was no longer happy. And I was like, okay, get this game off my TV because I don't feel like the D-backs are winning it tonight. They did not, but that does not mean they can't win game two with the rookie phenom on the mound in Brandon Fott, who we're going to discuss next. And Brandon Fott is someone that you could say is a pretty rare player, a pretty rare prospect. And speaking of rare, let's talk about our new sponsor, So Rare, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competition and rewards. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly in span of three to four day cycle. At the end of game week, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboard to win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss Brandon Fott's debut with the Arizona Diamondbacks because Fott is starting in game two against this Texas Rangers team. As you guys are hearing this, it is Brandon Fott day. So let's rejoice. Let's discuss because this is someone that we've been waiting to see debut since the season has started since we've seen him in spring training since we've heard about him breaking out last season because after having won the all-time minor league seasons where he had over 200 strikeouts last season everyone has waited for the debut of Brandon Fott this year because we all knew it was going to happen there's going to be times I call him fat his name is Fott but Fott is finally on the big league level and he comes at a perfect time because the D-backs rotation is quietly kind of desperate for Fott to be good and be good immediately because the D-backs rotation has major concerns right now when you look at the rest of the rotation past the Zach Allens and the Merrill Kellys of the world because so far, if you want to combine the ERA of all starters not named Zach Allen and not named Merrill Kelly, the ERA of all those starters is 7.05 with a 6.05 with a 6.06 FIP over their 17 starts. And I get it. A lot of that is Madison Bumgarner, who is completely anchoring that ERA and has been really bad for the D-backs this season. But even outside of Mad Bum's 10.26 ERA or whatever, whatever it is, like I feel like that number is going to be emblazed in my head for so long. 
this D-backs rotation, even outside of Matt Bum, really hasn't been that great, right? Because you look at the rest of the rotation behind Merrill Kelly, Ryan Nelson, the rookie, who was really good last season, that small cup of coffee, who was uh, decent, solid to start the year, has really struggled over his last three starts, and on the season has a 6-3-9 year ray. Seems to be getting worse as the season goes on. Maybe we're down a little bit, maybe hitting that rookie wall, and we're only in the month of May, so we might have to do something there. Dre Jameson was looking really good as a reliever. There was definitely some inconsistencies in his game, but once he had to fill in for the injured Zach Davies, that's where it kind of, you know, just snowballed a little bit for Jameson, who is now back in the minor leagues because of his lack of fastball consistency lack of fastball consistency and inability to uh inability to command secondary stuff. And I think in his first start with Reno, we saw a lot of that um, be continued. So hopefully Dre Jameson could get back on track because when Dre Jameson is right, he's electric. And I still think he's probably a better long-term answer than a Ryan Nelson. But maybe Brandon Fott is really the answer to all the D-backs problems because Brandon Fott is a man. This dude is a beast. This dude is a tank because when you see him on the mound, he's humongous. First of all, this dude is Built like an NBA player, a linebacker in football. He's six foot four. He's 220 pounds. He was taken in the fifth round in the 2020 MLB draft. So this is not someone who spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. And during his minor league career, if you look at his numbers, pretty strong record overall, 21 and 15, with a 3.58 ERA across 56 games with one complete game thrown in there. So the numbers are very good for Brandon Fott. And don't forget, he's had some time in Reno on the AAA level. And in Reno, you can't even look at ERAs because ERAs are jumping all over the place um, in that league because it is a hitter-friendly ballpark. And so you always got to be mindful of your pitching stats down there because a lot of those pitchers are just going to have jacked stat lines and it might not really tell the story of how good they're pitching and of course Brendan Fott is a stud so if he had like a 3-9 ERA in AAA this season that's more like a probably like a 3-1 ERA um in AAA to be honest with that how that ballpark is and how runs just seem to be flying across the scoreboard in Reno so don't look too deep into the excuse me the pitching numbers for those D-backs prospects in Reno but we look at some of the deeper numbers for Brendan Fott. Opposing batters were only hitting 235 against him, and he had 408 strikeouts to 67 walks with a 1.1 whip and 324 innings across all levels. So this is someone who's a complete strikeout machine. I mean, of course, we have over 200 strikeouts in a singular season. Of course, you're a strikeout machine. Machine, And so far this season with the Reno Aces, like I said, he had a 3-9-1 ERA and five starts to go along with 30 strikeouts, six walks, a 1.18 whip, 245 batting average against in 25 innings. And like I said, when you see that 3-1 ERA, just flip that 9-1. and It's more like a 3-1-9 ERA because talking to Nash Walker, he's like, yeah, he's pitched way better than what that ERA even suggests. He looks freaking nasty out there. So Brandon Fett, I think, is someone that could make an immediate impact on this D-backs team because when we look at his arsenal, he's a guy that tops out around 96-97 probably more likely going to sit in the mid-90s. He's a big fastball pitcher. Also got a mid 80 slider as his probably go-to secondary pitch. Also has a mid 80s changeup. So this is someone, and a curveball too. So this is someone I think is just going to rack up and garner a whole ton of strikeouts, which you always love to see, right? It's always more exhilarating and more electric because 
if it's a pitching duel, you can only do so much to make that fun. And I think when you have a pitcher on the mound just striking out dude after dude and you see the little ticker, that Circle K ticker just climbing in Chase Field, I think that's really exhilarating, really a lot of fun. So Brandon Fat fought being someone that can rack up a whole lot of strikeouts is going to be a lot of fun for this D-backs team. And another rookie in the rotation. We've seen Ryan Nelson. We've seen the Dre Jamesons. And now the Brandon Fots are making their debut. We've also had Tommy Henry. Like the D-backs are loaded with young talent and like we've talked about, they're going to ride the hot hand. They're going to play their best players. And maybe you move a Ryan Nelson to the bullpen or a Dre Jameson. Like, there's so many spots. Like, it's not like the bullpen is loaded with dudes. There's like four guys I trust. The rest of the bullpen, it's like you can mix or match any of these starters who have been struggling. Maybe throw them in the bullpen if the D-backs want to go that route. I wouldn't be mad at all. So let's rejoice. So excited for Brandon Fott's debut at the time of you guys listening to this. It will be the day of his debut. So let's get excited. Let's all pray that Brandon Fott is the answer to the rotation problems we've been looking for. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage insight. Don't forget, you can catch every D-backs pitch on your hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search Diamondbacks. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag everydayer in the comment section on YouTube. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, no sad.